The thing about wine is, this wine in particular is made of berries, not grapes, but berries. Hi, and welcome to the Wine and Cheese Podcast. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What do we have today, Kel? We have a petite Syrah. Wow. Do you know why they call it that? Let me just check my book. No, I don't. But. Well. Well, Petite Syrah is the offspring grape of Syrah. And a rare black grape from southwest France called Pilarskin. <laughs> That's not well, right. It says, once transported to California, Duraf thrived under the new name of Petite Syrah. It was called Petite Syrah because it is far less vigorous plant than Syrah. And it grows primarily in California now. And it is often used to add body to Cabernet and Zinfandel. Wow. I didn't know that. Here goes an airplane. Okay. So, we have a format now to our tastings. If you've missed our earlier podcast. So the first step is to tell everyone what we're tasting and drinking. So this is a Petite Syrah from Cake Box. It is a limited release from 2015. Do you want to read the back? Sure. All right, don't be afraid to indulge yourself. This is a big, decadent Petite Syrah, lavished with flavors of cherry and chocolate and warm, inviting oak. Feel free to take your time with it, savor its complexity and superb structure. Leave simplicity and restraint for another day. For now, just let yourself enjoy the contents of the cake box. Okay. And where is it from? It's a fine wine. California. Does it say what city or anything? It's uh, cellared and bottled by Truthurst, Hillsburg, California. Contains sulfites. So that's north of here, right? I don't know. I think it's by Oakland. If you were wondering, it's 14.5% alcohol. 14.5? Yeah, that's a lot, right? Yeah. Okay, so the next step is our initial opinion. So this is just blind test tasting, I Do guess. Do you smell it first? Not yet. I, I guess you can, but it just says out of a four scale, four point scale. Four what, being the best? Yeah. What do we give it? Four being the last meal you'd ever need. What's it's one? It's that good. Bleh. Number two is meh. Number three is yeah. And number four is last meal. Right. I would give it a meh. I'd give it a 2.5. So a meh. Meh. <laughs> it's not bad. But it's not the best. Mm. Seems a little flat. It's a lot better than most 
than a lot of wines we have. And we've, we've, it's, we tasted a tiny bit earlier. Yeah. And it was, uh, not, not that great, but I think we let it air out. We let, yep, we let it, we decantered it. Yeah, so that's, go out and. For probably an hour, right? Yeah, if you're a true wine drinker, buy that decanter. Yeah. And uh, let your wines breathe. And we got this from Trader Joe's for like a few bucks, and we let it sit in the fridge overnight, but apparently you can serve wine too cold or too hot. So if it's too cold, let me try to find that note. Um, I don't know where that part went. Oh, here we go. Your wine might be too cold, might be served too cold if it's lacking aroma and tastes sour. This is a common problem for white wines. And then it tells you to warm the glass with your hands. But if it's served too hot, your wine might, um, the aroma might burn your nose and smell medicinal. Huh. And in that case, you should cool the bottle for 15 minutes. Okay, so next is what we saw, and here's a guide to looking at wine. So this is a, let me double check though. I believe this is a full-bodied red. Sorry, you'll probably have to edit out these pauses. Oh, I thought you were editing. Yeah, this is a full-bodied red. So... Gus. The color in wine is a scientifically complex topic. Um, fortunately, a seasoned taster can learn to identify clues about a wine just from inspecting the color, intensity, opacity, and viscosity. 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 Um, gosh, where? It says the angle of the glass over a white backdrop. This seems like too much. <laughs> Looks red to me. Okay, well, there is a pale red, which contains less of the red pigment. No kidding. <laughs> Medium red. Um, yeah, so we should have a deep purple with a petite Syrah. Yeah. We, would you say this is a deep purple? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty dark. Totally. Even holding it up to the light, it's pretty dark. It's good. It's grown on me. Yeah. Okay. So we got a deep purple. What we smelled... Hold your glass just under your nose and sniff once to prime your nose. Then swirl your wine and smell again. This time smell the wine longer and slower, but just as delicately. Switch between sniffing and thinking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Primary aromas range. Am I getting too much into this? No, what you I can do? always edit it out. 
if it's too much, but I'm I'm learning a lot, so I think. Just keep going. Yeah. Okay. Move your nose to different positions around the glass. Rich fruit aromas are generally found on the lower lip, and floral aromas and volatile esters can be smelled on the upper lip of the glass. So that's the bottom, that's the upper. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I don't know if it's just because you're saying it. But can you tell? Yeah. Like if um, I started breathing a lot slower for the sniff, and then the swirl, the smell started to be a lot different. Like that initial smell, I think you can kind of smell that uh, the barrel. The barrel. If you just do one short. There is aged aromas. Maybe that's what you're smelling. But then, yeah, if you like get in close and breathe really slow, you start to smell that. And it says swirling wine releases aroma compounds. That's why you swirl before you. Snuff. Smells, uh, I don't know what these smells are. If you're getting confused, you can neutralize your nose by sniffing your forearm. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> Definitely smell a little bit of alcohol. If, if I'm breathing in fast, but if I slow it down, I don't know, like chocolate or something. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate or vanilla? Okay. Let's see. Vanilla would be like floral and herbal, right? Or no? It's not on here. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm not really sure what to say about this. It smells pretty good <laughs> if you smell it slowly. Um, so that's our pro tip of the day. Okay. Would you say it's bold? I would say... I could smell the chocolate. I could see that for sure. It's definitely... It's got a... Okay, next, what we tasted. I don't know, is that tannin? Yes, petite syrahs are very high in tannin. Yeah, so it's not... I can smell. You could almost mistake it for, like, alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> it's like astringent smell or whatever. But it's not bad at all. Once you... Man, this wine is getting better by the second. <laughs> I think once you get used to it, it's not bad. Let's see, tasting. To taste, try coating your mouth with a larger sip of wine, followed by several smaller sips so that you can isolate and pick out flavors. Try to pick out at least three fruit flavors and three other flavors, one at a time. Okay. So first for the fruit flavors. And we'll see if we're right. All right. That was a big old gulp. Oof. I don't know, like a plum? Maybe some grapes? <laughs> I'm having a hard time tasting fruit. I'm tasting so much tannin, I feel like. Yeah. I 
really don't. I can't pick out any fruit. I can't either. But you tasted initially chocolate, vanilla. I, I definitely smelled. Oh, yeah, you smelled. Some chocolate it. and fruitiness. Do you, can you taste chocolate? If you do like the tiniest drop, it's just a little warm. It's kind of vanilla I just feel that like it's got a tiny bit of burn. Yeah. Like if you do the tiniest sip, it's like a little warm. That's a warm wine. That's a thing. But it's a. Uh, there's definitely like fruit or there's good flavor behind it. I just can't pick it out. Yeah, I can't either. Okay, let's try this one then. Identify where the basic wine traits hit your palate. Straightness is toward the earth. Straightness. Sweetness is toward the front. Definitely not sweet, I don't think. Do you? I taste a little in the front. Mostly on the like back of my tongue and the back sides. I taste it mostly in the back sides. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so acidity makes your mouth water. Tannin is textural and dries your mouth out. And alcohol feels like heat in the back of your throat. So I feel like I can taste the acidity in alcohol. Yeah, if you'd let it hit the back of your throat. Yeah. It feels a little warm. And look, Syrah is supposed to have a full... Here's how wine evolves on your palate. It has a very full... Uh, <laughs> Kelsey's pointing to a chart <laughs> that says <I'm> full, <laughs> and she's looking for what it is. <laughs> full and then goes to medium. Oh, but I would say that's very, very. You know, <laughs> I think I so. I think it's like. Um, you think it's smooth? It's definitely. I think that says it, it drops off at medium, like the, mm-hmm. the taste. You don't, whatever medium means. But yeah, it, it is uh, kind of abrupt when it stops from all that flavor. Now that you've tasted the wine, create a mental profile of the wine. Try to organize the flavors and aromas by their category. For example, if you taste vanilla, it might be due to oak. Hmm. Well, I thought I smelled okay. the oak. Taste preferences are genetic. Mm. So the average taster has 15 to 30 <clears throat> taste buds. You can taste bitterness like tannin just fine, but it doesn't make you wince in pain. You're capable of loving most wines. Improve your palate simply by slowing down and paying attention to nuances. Sweet. <laughs> all right so what we tasted what we did we're podcasting this is our first podcast in a long time yeah because wine is an experience it says oh like fugu de chow mm-hmm. um okay and that's that so let's cross-reference it with what a petite Syrah should taste like. So it says dominant flavors are sugar plum, blueberry, dark chocolate, black pepper, and tea. Well, I, you got the chocolate, right? I'd For sure. Definitely couldn't pick out black pepper. And you said plum before. Yeah, I was just guessing. <laughs> well, good job. Um, 
Tea would be interesting. Like, I wonder. Black tea, yeah. What wines taste like tea the most? And then... It says it has a high fruit profile, high body profile, high tannin, mid-level acidity, and high alcohol. I would agree. And it says to serve this at room temp. Um, and it should be, you should only spend between 10 to 15 bucks on this. Hmm. Which we did. We spent like five, I think. Oops. <laughs> at Trader Joe's. Okay, great. Oh, wow. Are we going to do the cheese pairings? Yeah. Or are we switching to wines? Yeah, we can do that. Oh. Are we? How are we on time? Where are we at? Does it not tell you? Doesn't even tell us. We're at 513... Seconds? Beats. <laughs> It also says, real quick, um, Petite Syrah is one of the best values for full-bodied red wine. Look for wines with extended oak aging or a small percentage of zen, which acts to soften the high tannin. That'd be nice. Contains two to three times as many antioxidants as light, translucent red wines. Sweet. Awesome. Anything else we need to know about this one? I think we gave a pretty good... Oh, we also do the t- pairings, right? Like pair with the cheese? Yeah. So we have Thousand Day Gouda, Triple Cream Brie, and Winter Cheese. But I don't know what type it is because we threw the label away. Do you know what type of win- the winter cheese is? Yeah. We'll just describe it. One of our many listeners can... Identify. Send us a note and tell us. Okay, so full-bodied red wines are supposed to go well with Gouda, which we have. Good. And... Lobster. And cured meat, which we also have. What about shellfish? Shellfish, no. Hmm. It's supposed to go with very pungent cheeses, so I'm not sure how it's going to taste with this brie, but... That, it was good with the brie. Yeah. I just tried it. Okay, so first for the Thousand Day Gouda. You want some? Yeah. So this is supposed to be the best pairing of what we have according to the book. All right, so we take our sip. Trying our cheese now. Mm -hmm. This is just the... Is this the stuff they put in macaroni and cheese? It tastes like it. Like the... Powder? If you like harden that powder, yeah. It's very good. Thousand Day Gouda from Trader Joe's. Yeah. I think that's a good pair. Is it congruent or complementary? I would say it's definitely... Does it balance it out or intensify it? That's tough because the cheese is so sweet. I'm trying again. At first I thought it intensified it once I ate the cheese, but when I drank it again I feel like it kind of balanced it out. I mean, it definitely tastes better. So that means it's a good pair, but... But the um, the cheese is very sweet, and the wine's like... At first, it's like, uh, I don't know, like startling for your tongue. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd say maybe they're... What's... Is it intensifying it or balancing it? 
probably balancing. So complimentary, I think. I think that's what that was. So this wine should be eaten with macaroni and cheese, folks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Right, brie next. Move on to the and that the extra triple cream brie. Yep, triple cream brie. Oh my god, I'm shaking. What? I don't know. <laughs> Cheers. You like that? Gouda? Or the the brie? I don't think so. Mine almost had like a mint kick to it. I, mean, I feel like it makes the... Like it really intensifies the acidity of the... Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah, that uh, that brie's a little more blue cheesy than, than the brie we've had in the past, I feel you like. You think so? So? Maybe not. All right, and now for the winter cheese, the mystery cheese. This is a soft white cheese. I have not tried this. Doesn't taste like anything to me. It doesn't. And I think therefore, it was fine. Yeah, it doesn't really do anything to the wine because it doesn't taste like anything. Uh uh-uh. uh All right, we'll give that cheese to. Guess. Do you want to try the cured meat real quick, and then we can move on? Yeah, definitely. Which one do you want? We have. It looks like pepperoni, ham, and salami. I think. Probably some salami. Some salami. Okay. All right. That uh, salami or whatever bologna, <laughs> it's so intense. It, yeah. If you drink the wine right after, you can't taste the wine. Uh-uh. So uh, I'd recommend salami for drinking vodka. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Do you want to give us a rundown of the news while we switch? Sure. Are you gonna? Oh, we gotta drink all this though. Uh, I don't think I can. Oh. I'll get new glasses. You're just gonna dump yours. I can get a new glass, but we have half the bottle left, so. All right. I didn't like that one very much. Today is January seventh, two thousand eighteen, and the rundown on the news. Let's see what we got here. <clears throat> Suicide at Chinese iPhone factory reignites concern over working conditions. Uh, <laughs> uh, what did they do the first time they were concerned? <laughs> so I guess more netting's going up. Um, Russia simulated full-scale war against NATO. Um, good for them. Glad they're ready. <laughs> You can breastfeed at the Sistine Chapel now. The Pope says so. So, plus one for the Pope. The Pope is so cool. (laughs) Oh, this one was cool. So, 5,000-year-old rock art found in India is likely to be the oldest depiction of a supernova. So, they found this rock somewhere in India, and it had, like, uh, some painting on it or whatever. It was, like, a, a man... And a dog and like a deer or whatever and then like two big stars but they uh they lined that up with existing constellations and 
it showed like the second star where the supernova would have been 5,000 years ago. So that's really cool that someone drew that picture for us. That's what we should name our episode is Supernova Surah. Supernova Surah. Have you seen uh, that one Disney Channel movie where it's like Supernova Girl? Mm-mm. And it's like, uh, what is her name? What's that from? Disney Channel movie. Oh, that was... I don't think we got the Disney Channel. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to look that up. I forget what her name was. <clears throat> Zetus Lapita, she would say. Mm. And she lived out in outer space, and she came to Earth. True story? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You serious, Clark? <laughs> yep. So that's about it. Uh, all right, 11 dead after gun battle erupts outside Mexican Beach Resort. So uh, feel safe going there. And nothing else too big. Well, I'm sure I missed a bunch, but that's our news cycle for today. Sweet. Oh, we should check one thing. One thing. Let's see. Yeah, nothing about the Save Jobs case has come out still. Hmm. Hmm. All right, I'm going to pause till we get the next round. Yeah. And we're back. Hi. Hi. <clears throat> okay. So let's establish what we're drinking next. We've got some farm worker, a red wine from 2013. Would you mm-hmm. like to read the back? Sure. <laughs> There's so, not much of a back. So uh, farm workers in Napa Valley in 2013 decided to all team up together and hold their own winemaking competition. And this bottle is has nothing to do with that. That never really happened, and there's nothing on the back. So, here we go. So I don't have many notes on blends in this book, which, by the way, we need to credit, is called Wine Folly, The Essential Guide to Wine by Madeline Puckett and Justin Hammock. And I'm reading, like, literally word for word, so hopefully that's okay. (laughs) You guys should seriously buy the book, though, because it's very, very helpful. We've tried to do these podcasts in the past, and we had no idea what we were doing, and it ended up being, like, two hours long. This gives you a great guide from start to finish. All right. (laughs) Big shout-out. So this is the closest blend I could find to this red wine called the Bordeaux Blend. And it has a bunch of different stuff in it, um, different reds in it, including the ones that are in this one, which are, we should look up one more time. Do you have that open? It includes like two of the three, I think. It includes, this one includes, um, go up. Where? Really? Were you on a Blend different page? Cabernet Sauvignon, yeah. Merlot, Syrah, and Zinfandel. Yeah. So this Bordeaux blend also has Cabernet and Merlot 
in it, and then it has others listed. So we'll just use this as a very loose guide to what this may should taste like, I guess. Right. Okay, so we established <clears throat> what we're drinking. What's our initial opinion on a four-point scale? We got bleh, meh, yeah, and last meal. Wow. Totally different from yeah. the other one. But I also think it's a meh. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't given this one much time to breathe, though. No. We so just opened like this. like minutes. Yeah. So this may get better. But still meh to me. Which is a two. Mm. How do you feel? I don't know. I think I like it. 2.5. Like the last one. Definitely once it uh, airs out, I think it'll be a little yeah, better. Yeah, I think it'll be a little bit better too. And it might be a little too cold as well. Because um, this is also a full body dread, probably. This is also deep purple, which leads us to our next point. I also think it's a deep purple. Do you? Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Deep purple. And for our smells, three fruit flavors and three other flavors. It smells spicy to me. It smells like fruit punch. So you think more of like a red fruit smell? Yeah, definitely. Compared to a dried fruit or a black fruit? I smell some ripe plum, some... <laughs> You're stealing this. I no, I that's smell not... Some pencil shavings? <laughs> this is the winemaker's notes on wine.com. I'm definitely Tyson's my palate with uh, flavors of ripe black cherry. Mission figs and anise. But you know what? That's not even anise. Totally true because that's the two. That's describing the 2012, mm. and this is the 2013. Oh wow! <laughs> Let's uh, jump to the 2013. It is definitely dark. Grape source from Leon's Vineyard, a hillside vineyard, vineyard, in the southeastern part of the Napa Valley. Above the Coombs, Coombsville Appalachian, and from our Los Olivos Vineyard in Jamison, <laughs> Jamison Canyon, <laughs> a region constantly cooled by the San Pablo Bay, predictably cool for slow, even ripening. It's uh, 18 months in French oak. Uh, yeah, this one's got blackberry. Blueberry suede and cloves. Yeah, but do we smell that? I smell s spice for sure. I think I smell alcohol. <laughs> Sniff your forearm. I still can't smell much fruit, but I also have cold, so. Alright, we're not too good on the smell. Maybe blackberry. Give us a Like year. black fruits. Oh. Yeah, we'll get better. Yeah. All right. And then... Um, taste. What we taste. 
I must be the person with like 13 taste buds. I feel like this has more body than the other one. As in, maybe not uh, <laughs> particularly accurate, but it tastes like it covers your whole tongue. Yeah. Whereas the other one, it was like hitting certain spots of it. Was that angular? The other one tasted angular, for no, sure. No, this one's angular. Mm. It's all your tongue, right? No. Look it up. You got it up. Was it tongular? <laughs> <laughs> I thought angular was when it was like you could spot where it was at. Angular is when it's like your sweet spot in your back. back your Look back. it up. Maybe I will. Your turd? <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'm editing it out. Where's it? There's Angular. A wine that has rough edges. That doesn't tell us anything. Full-bodied. A big, bold, flavored wine. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely got some flavor. What's polished, say? A wine that tastes clean and well-made. I don't know what... I am not going through all this, but it just tastes like... If I can feel it on my whole tongue. <laughs> Does it taste like any other wines you've had? That I know the name of? <laughs> hmm. Tastes like just like a red wine. A little more tanniny. Like alcoholy. But compared to the last one, not so much. To not me. so much, yeah. But compared to like the perfect red wine with like. Just the right amount of sweetness. Mm-hmm. Red wininess. <laughs> yeah. I don't taste any of the suede. But I don't know what that means. Baking spice? Leather and whetstone. Whetstone. I could see that. Have you ever licked a rock? <laughs> yeah. Imagine what it'd be like, yeah. I could see that. All right, should we taste with some, our cheeses? Sure. Okay. This one will probably supposed to be is probably supposed to be paired with the same cheeses as the last. Pretty full body. I don't think it's as good as a pairing as the last one with the. That was the thousand day Kurita. Yeah. Yeah. The, eh. This, that almost made this more, like, uh, acidic and tangy. Yeah. Brie? Which I don't think is going to do anything. Brook? Yeah, I would say that cake box wine's very good with cheese. This wine's, it just gets, yeah, more, same. It got more, like, tanniny and acidic. Yeah. Winter cheese, mystery cheese. No flavor cheese. Getting a little hard. Uh-oh. Didn't like that one. <laughs> what about the meat? And the cured meat. That good any better? Yeah. It's not bad with the cured meat. Mm-hmm. Like, uh... The meat overpowered the last one, but somehow this was this wine was overpowering. Yeah, I think that was good actually. Yeah, it's good. Good meat pairing. Good.
good with the, uh, what, what's that? You had salami, I had ham. Yeah. Cured ham. Get you a block of salami. Also from Trader Joe's. Yep. Cool. I think that's it. Do we have anything else to add? Stories? No. Suggestions? Let's see. We'll give the uh, Bitcoin and Ripple prize. Oh, gosh. Bitcoin. You know what they say is Bitcoiners are the new vegans. Oh. All right. We won't do Bitcoin. Bitcoin's at 15560 And Ripple is at $3.38. All right. How about this last impression? Would we recommend these to a friend? I would say no, but for five bucks, go for it. <laughs> I'd say the cake box, that was from Trader Joe's. It's mm -hmm. a good price. And, um... I feel like this still needs to sit a while. I'd recommend the cake box if they leave it out for a while. And and they do want to do a wine and cheese pairing. Because it was good with all the cheeses. Um, uh-uh. It was good. Oh, I thought it was good with the brie and the, uh... I didn't like it. Thousand-year Gouda. All right, well, maybe you like it, maybe you We won't. agree to disagree <laughs> on these wines. They're okay. They're pretty good. We've had worse. We definitely have had worse. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Cheers. Bye. Bye.